Hello and welcome to Healthology. I'm Chris Howard, ACSM Certified Exercise Physiologist. And I'm Seth Finch, ACSM Certified Personal Trainer. And today is July 27th, man. July 27th. It's the 27th, 2015. It's getting wow. crazy out here, man. I know. Fall's <laughs> right around the corner. Yep. The summer has finally arrived. We have some heat here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so finally. The humidity is here and I'm loving it. It's the type of heat that makes people mad when they come outside. Their <laughs> face is all scrunched up and all that. <coughs> Excuse me. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We got a we got a good show today. We got a good show today. A couple good articles, like always. A nice discussion topic. A real nice discussion topic. And uh, maybe some updates for us as we get into it. Definitely some updates. Again, today is the 27th. And for all of our listeners, you know what the 13th and 27th means for me personally. So I'm just gonna leave it there. That's when that's when Chris goes home, and he starts he starts transforming, starts foaming out the mouth, and becomes Cakestafer. Cakestafer, <laughs> yes sir. <laughs> the 13th to 27th, all the people that are listening, you could probably hear my smile through the uh, airwaves, and so hey, you know what it is. <laughs> what it is, Cakestafer day. Cakestafer. <laughs> Are we in? I think we're in, man. What's going on with you? Any good updates? What's been happening with you since the last time we had this show? Last time we had this show, I only had one iPad. Now Uh-oh. I have two iPads. Oh, <laughs> you got two iPads. See, that's how the youngsters do it. They have to keep on staying up on the latest. But if you want to share with our listeners, how did you come about this second iPad? Um, I won it over the weekend, man. You mm. know, I was out. I went to an event that I didn't even want to go to at first. One of my mom's friends called me and she said, oh, I got you a place in this financial, you know, this financial seminar thing. And, uh, you know, I had to pull out of strings to get you in there. So you're ready to go. And like after she said that, you know, you can't just say no. So right. I was just like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. And then she told me, well, yeah, I'll pick you up at 8 a.m. on Saturday after, on Saturday morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And for you youngsters, that's early on yeah. Saturday, especially if you were getting into anything on Friday. So. Oh, yeah, man. I was... I was a little perturbed after I heard that, but you know she's a family friend. She's more like an aunt, really, than than a, than a friend or, or an acquaintance. So, you know, it came to about Friday, and I'm just looking at my phone, and I'm thinking, man, you know, let me just text her and say I'm don't, I can't make it. You know, trying to think of something I could tell her. I didn't want to lie to her, so I was trying to think of something that I could do. Like I was calling people. This <laughs> <laughs> you trying to set up a, a an, an out. <laughs> Seeing what I could say, like maybe I could throw some work in there that I wasn't planning on doing that day to just do that day and just say, you know what, I got to do this. But then, you know, I think I forgot, actually. I think I was actually going to do it, but then I forgot. Mm-hmm. And then she texted me that morning and was like, all right, I'm coming. I'm on my way. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I had to get up, get showered, go down there. And, and this was an all-day thing? It was an all-day thing. It was from 8 to 5. Oh, on a Saturday, <laughs> and it was beautiful out too. It was from eight to five. I thought it was gonna be from like eight to one or so, mm. and it was eight to five. And like, I even told my uncle Dave I was gonna come wax his car, and I couldn't do that, mm. you know. So mm. he was hot. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so he was hot. So like, you know, we get there. I had some gave some good information. It was actually pretty nice. It was called Bank on Pittsburgh. So we ever get a chance to see flyers and stuff around there, and you just even if you got your finances in shape. You know, they got some good information about investing, stuff like that. Or if you're just fresh out of college or even, you know, just in your life and you think, oh, well, maybe I want to start saving for something. They give you some nice strategies, some good stuff. It was real good for me, real good information. 
And throughout the day, they were raffling off gifts, movie mm-hmm. tickets, uh, tickets to Kennywood, and then two iPad Airs, man. And, two of course, iPad. they waited to the very end for that, right? They waited to the very end. Half the, more than half the people left. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess they were, you know, eight to five. They were done. Yeah, that's all day on a, a beautiful summer day here in Pittsburgh that doesn't rain. So you're not going to want to spend your whole day there. Yeah, but it was a beautiful day. And they only gave us lunch. That was it. That's they had, it? They had coffee and danishes for breakfast. Did you have breakout sessions and all that kind yep, of stuff? Breakout sessions, and um, it came to the, it came to the end after the breakout sessions, after all the speakers, and um, I went in there, and they called three or four people before me tickets, and mm-hmm. they had left because like you know over half the people were gone. They called my number, and I couldn't believe it. Like I was walking up there, and my mom was asking me, and one of my buddies, she was asking me like, "Yo, you weren't excited or anything?" Like I, I was too busy like looking at this ticket, thinking right, like right. still can't believe that I won it, but. Right. It's always a good feeling when they call your number for something like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. I couldn't only imagine if, if I played the lottery and they I had all the winning numbers just looking at the number and believing that I hit for thirty or forty, fifty million dollars, that for would the be next uh, thirty minutes after I heard that I'd just keep checking the number. Mm-hmm. I would just keep checking the number. Right. Oh like my goodness, what what mm-hmm. in the world then you're probably getting nervous. Yep. You were yep. saying something earlier before we came on the show. You're talking about after oh, you had yeah. it, a couple people were looking at you yeah, funny because they had a they had a concert afterwards, and so I, you know you you stay for the. I was always taught that you stay for the whole go to program. You try to stay for the whole program, so we we're staying for the whole program. But like during this concert, like there were old ladies walking up and getting something to eat or going around mm. and um you know going to the bathroom and stuff, and I'm just like oh yeah these, this, this one lady she's just walking past me a little bit too close, mm-hmm. or like I catch somebody <laughs> looking at me and I'm like oh that's the second time this guy looked at me. Yeah, man. that's the one that one that I. Yep, we gonna get yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> I kept I kept wanting to get out of there. I'm just like, all right, all right, all right I got it. But you know, it's kind of rude to just get a prize and then just leave. All right. So you know, we stayed for the whole thing, and then then we left. I was clutching my iPad. Yeah. Close to the chest. You had it in the Cobra clutch. Exactly. Most people are older there, so I'm like, if it comes down to it, like I could I could probably outrun almost everybody in that room. Okay. So. You know, most of the young people left already. That had been a funny story on the news live at six. (laughs) Young man outruns a couple orderly people trying to snatch his iPad, film it at six. Telling you, Indiana Jones style. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping Uh, over ravines and everything. I didn't have anything. My update is just the regular dentist appointment for me, which, you know, uh, my dentist, you know, she's, I've been going to her for about 25 years and. She actually loves when I come there because I think it's a spa treatment. I love mm. when the dentist cleans my teeth. Mm. I love all that picking and all that. Yeah. And, you know, when I first was going there, you know, 25 years ago, she would think that I was weird. But I was just I get so <laughs> relaxed in the chair when she's doing that. And I told her, you know, once I become independently wealthy, I'm just going to hire her and she's going to be on retainer and she can come to my house once or twice every other week or something and just pick my teeth i absolutely tooth cleaning like every twice like twice a month yeah i absolutely (laughs) love when she cleans my teeth um so i always call that you know a dentist slash spa treatment so i Mm -hmm. had my my biannual spa treatment slash dentist appointment on saturday so Nothing to report on. They, the cakes are still good. No more cavities. <laughs> I only have one in my life. It kind of came loose a little bit, but oh, yeah. it might even be a little looser after today's cake event. <laughs> but uh, so that's the only update that's going on with me uh, personally. Okay. Uh, you want to jump into some of our articles? Let's start with what you have going on today. We'll talk about mine a little bit later. Okay. Um, the thing I have was there's a study that was done, and this is an article um, from New York Times. 
And uh, I love, I, people are always saying, like, man, I swear, only place you're getting your articles. I'm like, yeah, they have some nice articles, and they're based on research. That's why I like them a lot. I try mm-hmm. to pull them from different places, but uh, the New York Times Well blog is just well-researched and, and, and well-written, a lot of good topics. And the one that I have for today is uh, how walking in nature changes the brain. How walking in nature changes the brain. And the study that this that this was based off of was one that was done at Stanford University where they took um, 38 healthy adults and um, they, in the middle of the day, they brought them out and they had um, half of them, they had a group of them walk for 90 minutes. Well, both groups walked for 90 minutes, but they had a group of them walk in around Stanford's campus, around some of the more leafy areas. And then they had uh, <laughs> they had the other group. They had the other group walk around uh, um, a highway, a busy highway. So with noise minutes, and all kind of with stuff. Noise and you know so, and the thing, the key to take away from here, and I don't want to get into all the technical jargon, because we'll post a link and we'll post a link to the study for everybody um, as well at the end. I mean, um, in the notes, is the key that they found was, um, and I want to make sure I get this terminology, this t- terminology right. They saw a decrease in the blood fr- in the blood flow to the pre to the prefrontal cortex of the brain, and that part of the brain is is where we um, do m- a lot of our thinking, most of our thinking, and a lot of our dis- and most of our decision making. So that is that part of the brain is um, is the principle for us making decisions, for us um, thinking about things in terms of um, weighing choices, everything that goes into decision making. That part of the brain is like the epicenter for that. And when you're making decisions, you're working that brain hard, you're using a lot of energy as well. Mm-hmm. So you're expending your energies you have for the day a little bit quicker if your brain's working a little bit harder. And if you can rest that part of the brain, you can, you can, you know, I'm trying to find a nice smart word here, but I'm going to just go down. Just turn it off? I'm turn off down. that? You can, not, you, can, uh, you can turn the faucet down on it, I should say. I want to make sure I get a nice little analogy in there. Okay. You can turn the faucet down just like if you have it all the way open, um, the blood flow, that means that it's working. You know, wherever the blood is flowing in the brain, it means that's that's the area of the brain that's working the most or working the hardest. So when they when they tested the, um, the individuals who are walking around the campus, their blood flow to the prefrontal cortex was a little bit was lower than the ones who are walking around in the busy you know highway area. So in those unnatural spaces, it, right. was, it was pretty interesting, and um, I kind of wanted to bring it to us and kind of and kind of uh, talk about it from that health perspective, from that physical fitness perspective. Mm-hmm. What know? does that? What did they get into? What that means by being able to to turn the faucet down, so to speak, for that fifteen minutes? Or no, they're walking for ninety minutes. Yeah. So yeah. does that? Did they talk about what that does? You know, chemically to the brain, or just you know physically to the body? Just shutting it down for those ninety minutes, as opposed to walking with all the um, the traffic going on, and you know the spigot is mm-hmm. all the way open still. Think about it. Think about it like this: like the brain, people try to people try to analogize the brain to a muscle, which is not um, the brain in terms of. And I'm talking about the way it works physically, because physically, the more you use your brain, it doesn't become bigger. You just create more neural pathways. You can get the information quicker, and you can, mm-hmm. you know, build pictures quicker. But the more you use a muscle, the bigger it gets, the stronger it gets. The more you can use that muscle. The brain's not like that. The brain, when you use it more, just like I said, you make those neural pathways easier. But the more you use that brain, the more energy you use the, the more energy you use to actually use those parts, which takes away from the other, takes away from the other, um, your fuel for, for fuel and everything else that you do with your body. Okay. So all the other natural processes in your body. And um, once you're out of energy, you're out of energy. So that means energy for 
on anything, thinking about anything, your tolerance for um, your tolerance for um, frustration, holding your frustration down, your tolerance for um, staying focused, you know, so it takes away from all of that because mm-hmm. you're using up that energy and that blood is the fuel for working that engine. So so were they saying just the, the walk around the campus and the green spaces that just calms down that prefrontal um, cortex of your, our brains? It, 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 yeah, it calms it down. They showed that because the blood flow wasn't as strong to that part of the brain, it meant it wasn't working as hard. So okay. it was actually resting. Just like blood flow, just like the blood flow is a little bit slower when you're sitting down mm-hmm. rather than standing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's even slower when you're laying down versus sitting down because your body's not, your muscles aren't working, your body's not using, using up as much blood, doesn't need as much energy. And both groups walk for 90 minutes in yep. their prospective um, locations. So one near a busy highway, mm-hmm. one around green spaces. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if they would um, do a contrast where if you just shut down, you actually took a nap for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Even though you're still doing some thinking and you're not going to be totally asleep for the whole 90 minutes, I wonder how that works, okay. you know, as far as the blood flow there. I think it, I think it works similarly because we talked about that actually last week. In right, the we articles. did. I think it works similar. It's probably a little bit, um, you know, it's probably that, that um, the walking is probably more realistic than the napping like we were talking about last time. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this one here too, is because it may be easier for you if you, by all means, if you got a job, you can take that nap, <laughs> take right. that nap, you know. But that walking outside, like if there's a park near you, you know, just go, you know, take a little, take a little break. Because you're killing a couple birds with one stone, you're actually burning more calories. Mm-hmm. You're resting that prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Sound like you should have been a brain surgeon. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> it's pretty smart there, youngster. <laughs> Give me all those big, long nickel <laughs> words. I'm used to those penny words. <laughs> That's good stuff. What else did they, did they get into any conclusions and any recommendations for for John Q. Public? Um, the biggest the biggest thing about it was the um, well, the principal researcher there still said that there's still a tremendous amount of um, research needs to be done on this topic, but this study was one of the ones that kind of is one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, there's something here. So right. that means it might get them a little bit easier. It makes it a little bit easier for them to get some funding or some support to dig deeper into this topic to see what's actually happening in, happening in the brain because the conclusion of that study really was that there was, um, and there's my laptop going off, and, <laughs> That's all right. and there was, um, and that threw me off. The conclusion of the study was that, um, that they found that in the people who took that walk around the, you know, the tree-lined, you know, campus of Stanford, that the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex was lower than it was for during that time, uh, the same time for the people who are walking along the highway. So they got from that conclusion that that prefrontal cortex just wasn't working, wasn't right. working as, as steadily because they didn't have their brains hooked up to right. any, any, you know, any uh, machinery while they were doing it. So that's the conclusion that they had. Right. That's that's interesting because I know that for the last couple of years I've incorporated some outdoor just trail walking and mm-hmm. specifically walking. Mm-hmm. For people to know me, I know that I like to run, and when I run, generally I'll have headphones on, mm-hmm. and you can kind of zone out. But I make it a point to take the headphones off and actually walk out in nature. Yeah, and it it kind of clears the brain. It feels good. I'm just walking. I know it's something that you can continue for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's also good for, you know, just to, to be engaged with, with nature, actually. So uh, it's it it does me well to hear that this study is good. And, and like I said, I took the 
for me, being out in nature, I <laughs> always like to be able to hear something coming up on me. Ah, uh, so yeah. For instance, I yeah. generally take my walk on Friday afternoons in Frick Park, and so you'll have bikers, you'll have people that are running with headphones on, you'll have all these different, you know, things that you can encounter along the path, but I always like to have my senses, yeah. whereas whenever I'm running outside, it's generally on a path or you know it might be at the track where you can kind of zone out but in nature you really can't zone out because mm -hmm. you know when you don't have your headphones on you hear a little ch -ch -ch <laughs> in the woods it might be a squirrel <laughs> but if you're really out in the woods you hear a ch -ch -ch, it could be a bear yeah so i just don't like to be totally gone and lost into whatever music i'm um uh, listening to mm -hmm. which you know it's probably gives my you know frontal corpulent cortex a little bit of a break and mm -hmm. that all goes into you know you hear some of this stuff when you're listening to certain types of music it makes mm -hmm. you more violent mm -hmm. it makes you you know calmer and all that stuff mm -hmm. uh, have you noticed that you know since we've started healthology and you're we're really basically getting into literature reviews and all of the things that you and i dig into a lot of stuff needs more needs more investigation yeah you'll see a lot of the things says you know more research needs done in this area mm -hmm. more research needs done in that area mm -hmm. and that's why i really think it's good that you know you and i are kind of shedding a little bit of a light on some topics that people might want to you know uh, investigate a little bit more or maybe never even thought of and mm -hmm. so that's what i love about the show and you know this new format that we've come to yeah. um I, I i really like it you know and we're not stressed to get certain you know guests to speak to it we're just you know throwing it out there and mm -hmm. and again hit us up on on stitcher radio <laughs> itunes with questions and you yeah. know if you hear something and you're a specialist or you're you know this is your field of knowledge and you you know you want to add to it please do so or if you just want to hear more on the topic like we bring an article through and you want to you know, let us to go a little bit deeper or bring something else to the table to, to dig to dig into the topic um you know a little bit with a little bit more substance you know always let us know you know always let us know yeah good stuff man real good well my my article i want to talk to you is a little different i know we've been hitting up the the new york times blog and a couple other your 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 well-known uh, spots for information mm -hmm. today mine's comes from the xrx website um i put That's seth true. on this website here and it was really has really good um, tidbits for information they can get as deep as you'd like or it can just you know stay at at a, a, a base level of knowledge here mm -hmm. but this particular article and again it's xrx it's exrx.net so if you're interested in just visiting and kind of poking around at all the different topics there this particular um, article I'm, I'm bringing to the forefront for this episode it's, it's called the attractive body and what is an attractive body mm. um, and so um, basically, I, I like to dig into um, the, the meat of the, of the article, and it, it basically said uh, bodily beauty is actually the average of everyone together. So if you were to put a number on it, it would be the average of what one considers to be beauty or, or not so beautiful, but the average of everyone would be considered what um, looks good. But what I found interesting, really interesting, is after the age of 25, it says that most Americans gain a pound of body weight, and at the same time, they lose a third to a half a pound of muscle every year after age 25. So mm -hmm. if you do the math, you know, 
every decade after age 25, we're losing our resting metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so we've hit on a little bit of topics, you know, why should you resistance train? And if you look at, you know, the CR Fitness website, we're talking about, will women gain bulky muscles by lifting? Mm -hmm. Well, if you'd really dig into the, the underpinnings of this article and there's, again, we'll, we'll have some, um, we'll have a link so you can go and, and see it. If you're really digging into it, every, every age group can benefit from some resistance training and never more, you know, reliable and, and the reason for training with weights, not just cardiovascular, because that number might stay the same on the scale. You might be 150 pounds when you're 25 mm -hmm. and you can still be that 150 pounds when you're 65. But yeah. all if you've if you've never done any type of strength training for that 40 year period, even though that number might stay the same, you're simply going to be a little more body fat than you were at 25. Mm -hmm. And so that is the reason why you want to uh, increase some strength training or include some strength training in any type of workout that you're doing. Um, it goes on to say that um, it just talks about what really is beauty and, and how we have a distorted um, opinion of what beauty is because we living in the Western culture, we look to models. Mm -hmm. And the models really, they, they really have a hard time even, you know, having that, that beautiful look that, you know, that everybody kind of, you know, ascends to like a waif pattern. These women are size zero. Mm. What in the world is a size zero? Anyway, that means you're not there. You just disappear. You just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the, <laughs> what a size zero and how you would, uh, you know, try to you just disappear. A size zero. That, zero. Last time I checked, if you're doing numbers, zero is nothing. Like I said, uh, when you become a size zero, that means a chick who's working out, or not eating once they get to a size zero they just and they just that's it poof and then that's the goal is to get to a size zero and then just you you disappear you're done what what is the equivalent for a guy i don't know like uh <laughs> like i don't know that's a good question yeah so because we just go if we're if we're talking about regular clothes men's or just smalls mediums and larges until you start getting into like more formal wear right so so i mean it's it it's kind of like i said it's really I, I try to, you know, hold my opinion, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. But I, I just I find it very difficult for, you know, some of the clients that I train and obviously some of the people that you train, you know, that if you're looking up towards, you know, some things that you see in the media and television, and it's so prevalent, prevalent now. A lot of these people aren't, you know, what you see them to be in print media. And this article kind of hits into it, how some models are being airbrushed mm -hmm. and you know sucked and tucked in certain areas and now if you're looking to that image which they're really not even that image you know mm -hmm. it, it makes it really difficult and then it kind of harkens back to you know it says that we're all kind of you know what be what's beautiful to us is we kind of go back to evolutionary um psychology and, and physiology you know whenever you're looking at a woman if a guy's looking at a woman it's it's really to procreate and so mm -hmm. what's attractive for a guy looking at a woman? And it said mm -hmm. fuller breasts, smaller waist, and it was talking about uh, a waist-to-hip ratio for women to be like a 0.7. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, being more fuller up top, smaller waist, and it kind mm -hmm. of puts off that image that she can bear children. And, I mean, that's our basic, you know, instinct is to procreate. It also went into, well, what's attractive for a woman for a man? And it was more muscle, broader mm -hmm. shoulders. And, and men are luckier in this regard. Their, their waist-to-hip ratio was like a 0.9. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a, a muscular physique. Um, and it also said that no matter what sex, a larger waist 
is you know going to say okay maybe that that person isn't of the greatest health or they may have bad genes and so mm -hmm. uh, when you break us down to our least common denominator it's looking and how are we going to procreate and so that is really what you know you should really try to to look for and and, and see what's beautiful um so very interesting and then buried in the body of this and i wanted to come back and hit a couple points was talking about age categories. so when seth walked in today he saw me actually writing up yeah. some of these age categories so i'm always um when i'm dealing with clients and you know the population that i i like working with all age ranges but the population that as I've gotten older in the last couple of years I like to work with is, you know, your, your middle age to, to older adults. And so just real quick, I would, I'd like to kind of go through the, the age categories and it ought to be interesting to, to oh, see where definitely. you, to see where you fall. And there's 13 of them. So I'll, I'll start from the very beginning. So, um, these are age categories and I kind of want to shout out a specific client who always tells me that he's young old. He's, he's out of the young old. So uh, Mr. Esposito, John Esposito. So if you're, if you're listening, you can hear the, these are the official age categories. So neonatal is birth to three weeks old. Mm -hmm. Okay. Infancy is three weeks to one year. Early childhood is considered one to six years old. Middle childhood is seven to 10 years old. Puberty for girls is nine to 15 years old. Uh, boys is 12 to 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Adolescence is six years following puberty. Early adulthood is considered 20 to 29 years old. Middle adulthood is 30 to 44 years old. Later adulthood is considered 45 to 64 years old. You are young old if you are 65 to 74 years old. <laughs> you are just old if you're 75 to 84. You are old old if you're 85 to 99 old old and you're the oldest old Dang. if you're 100 plus so looking at this oldest old your oldest old is 100 plus years old Dang. i know there was a gentleman that um recently passed away here that's been a fixture at the kingsley and around the community mr espy oh yeah just died here a couple uh days ago and yeah. i just wanted to send my my deepest heartfelt condolences to his family and loved ones and friends and i consider myself a friend mr espy always had a smile on his face and Most always an definitely. extended hand to shake your Most hand definitely. and always some words of wisdom no matter who you were no matter who you were no, ma no matter who you were period that's all that needs to be said and um it's 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 i think mr espy was in the he was i think he was old old he wasn't the oldest old i don't think mm -hmm. he was 100 plus but i know he was at least 95 he was pushing the oldest old mm -hmm. um but just a, a very nice gentleman and i'm glad that i've known him for probably about 10 years and um he just was a a, a pillar in the community mm -hmm. um so but looking back to these age ranges i'm not liking that i'm like nine into the to the 13 here i'm considered <laughs> later adulthood man good gravy uh, what do you have to say about that yeah and you're know. you're only a couple behind me you're early adulthood well, you're yeah, only I'm 20 adulthood i like that i like you're, that title you, you early adulthood you know i'm still still kicking i'm still rocking you, you still know <laughs> rocking strong you know <laughs> early adulthood man i'm still an adult but you know it's so early and i'm early stages you know fresh i'm later adulthood yeah. my, my next one is i'm young old well, you're still in adulthood though, so that that counts for something. That counts for something. It's just you're just not as fresh of an adult as I am. It doesn't sound <laughs> good because I, I have a whole bunch of clients that fit in that young old category, 65 mm -hmm. to 74. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when they're complaining about you know 
this nag and this pain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm always telling them, you're considered young old yeah. by ACSM standards. Yeah. It sounds good for me to tell them that. Mm-hmm. But now looking at it and seeing that that's the next category that I jump into, yeah. I need you to tell me, well, Chris, it's just going to be young old next, you know. So, but yeah. I have about, I have about 17 old. years before that. So, yeah, it's, it's, Oof. now that's, that's interesting that you get into that about your interactions, especially around age and like the physical capabilities of, of, uh, people are older than you from your age perspective because I got a client who's 68 and I got another client who's in her 50s and when I try to when I talk about them with age like they kind of look at me and they go I don't know if you understand right right <laughs> even though they know I've done all the study and I got everything going mm-hmm. even though I've done all the research and I start talking to them just like yeah but you're just not there yet right so like it's 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 it's, it's, it's it's a little interesting dichotomy between the um between uh they're both ages talking about people who are older than them mm-hmm. and, and, and actually, you know, giving advice or, or talking about something from uh, an area of knowledge. But then that first, for me, it's always that first, the first wall I got to break through is that I'm young. Right. To, and then I got to come with, I got to come with maybe even twice more, uh, twice the um, the knowledge or twice the facts just to convince them like, yo, no, no, what I'm telling you is, right. <laughs> is really real. I got to come with like more backup than if I was older. Right. Yeah, just been like, oh, well, he's been around a while. He knows right. what he's talking about. So, right. yeah. Well, yeah. it's good. I mean, that's what you get at, at, at the, the training spots here at CR Fitness. You're getting, <laughs> a, you're getting somebody who's an early adult, and you're getting somebody who's a later adult. And mm-hmm. as we triage and make our way to these other segments, it's up to Seth and, and myself to, to shed light, you know, mm-hmm. on a resistance training. Now, looking back at these different age breakdowns, and I know we've hit this before just talking about when do you start weightlifting. And I remember mentioning that they didn't even allow us in the gym before age 13, 14 in the YFCA oh, when I was man. growing up. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you weren't even allowed to touch weights. You were just you were out playing and doing whatever activity that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the key point is here, once you do and you're at the right age for strength training, you want to incorporate some strength training all the way through mm-hmm. the oldest old if you're, mm-hmm. uh, if you're able to do that. And there is research saying that, you know, that will help with your metabolism, that will help with strengthening of your bones, that will help with your balance, your gait, and everything. So, um, please, if you're listening and you want to incorporate, you want to hit us up and and try a a personal training session, I mean, there are so many little tidbits and stuff that, you know, you can see in a a six-session package or whatever real quick and the other thing i wanted to hit that was in the middle of this um article mm-hmm. um was a, a reference to a let me make sure that i have them right here mm-hmm. it was evans in 92 and it was uh, this gentleman was uh, at penn state university and he was in the journal of nutrition yeah and it his article with buried within this article was functional and metabolic consequences of sarcopenia, which is just mm-hmm. muscle loss as we age. Yeah. And so we will have links to the research. And again, as Seth and I always say, if you're, if you want to dig a little deeper, we mm-hmm. will have those uh, links on there for you. So mm-hmm. uh, I love doing this. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, I guess we're going to move right into the discussion topic for the day. All right. And I wanted to see, I wanted to see what your take on this was, and I think it'll be interesting to hear my take on it from from the two different ages, two different age groups, two different generations. Um, I was reading an article recently about um, the advancements in in um, in, com- in computation technology, and I say computation because I want to instead of saying computer because I want to get 
to the meat of um, what a computer actually does. The actual tools inside a computer, part the bits and pieces and parts inside a computer to get to do the things that it does. So talking about, um, you know, the microchips and the processors in them. And we're getting to a point where it, we're not too far off from uh, processing or, or a synthetic brain, synthetic brain meaning a microchip or a computer processor, being able to do the same type of computations that a human brain does. And uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on would you, let me make sure I word this right too, because I want to make sure there's no misconceptions here. If you had the chance, would you download your brain into a computer's brain? My initial response would be no. Mm -hmm. And I'm only coming at that with a very, very elementary knowledge of computers mm -hmm. and really elementary knowledge of, of humans. But I will mm -hmm. say this on face value. If you look at computers, and I just wrote this down on my little pad, computers are based, and you correct me because you're, you're sharp, Computers mm -hmm. are based on a binary code, mm -hmm. ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. So no matter what information you put in there, it's, it's ones and zeros, mm -hmm. right? Yep. No matter what you put in the computer. Mm -hmm. Humans are four codes. It's, it's DNA, mm -hmm. right? A's are matched up with T's, C's mm -hmm. are G's. So on initial, without me digging into the, the minutia and the detail, I would say no, I wouldn't want to cut my, my, my brain power in half mm -hmm. because the genetic code is four. And I forget that adazine and, <laughs> and tyrosine are always together. The A's and T's are hooked up. The C's and G's are hooked up. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say no. Well, that's the thing. Like our DNA is the is, is the blueprint for our entire bodies. When we're talking about this. We're just talking about putting our brains. So um, you're right about the binary code. But the thing that the the thing the binary code makes up. And it's you, and the binary code is understood by machines. So it's like almost like a language between machines. So machines know what you know what they can talk to each other. So a computer can talk to different parts of the software. The computer can talk to it in a way that it understands. And ones and zeros in text form is easy and doesn't take a lot of doesn't take a lot of computation power to translate that. So and it's just, I guess it's the same with um, with your genes too. So they you know so everything in your body when you're being born knows how knows where it needs to be. So. It's the same type of thing, but of course, human bodies are more complex than just the brain. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're breaking it down to just that brain. Just the brain. And then, you know, it might be at, at that point, you know, an artificial body that that brain can be put into, or it's just living on a computer, mm -hmm. you know, and passing down your knowledge to, like, every generation of your family from now until the end of time. What is the definition of knowledge, though? Mm, knowledge, I would say... And this is outside, and I think we're. I think you're getting more at the philosophical than the Webster's dictionary definition. Mm -hmm. I would say knowledge is the accumulation of your experiences throughout your entire life, okay, and how you make sense of those. Because you can you can put a whole bunch of blocks in a box, but it takes a little bit more brain power to put those blocks those those blocks that have words and numbers on them and make sentences out of them. Right. So. I'm thinking, uh, so that's my definition on knowledge. So when you're saying download your brain to mm -hmm. a computer, are you, are you stopping your knowledge base in time? Like if you download your brain today, July 27th, mm -hmm. 2015, all the knowledge that you know on this particular day, and that's it? Are you stopping the growth? 
No, the growth is still there because it's all based on, because as we understand it, human beings have a finite capacity uh, for memory. Like, there's only so much we can remember. But with a computer, you got to do that more storage. Mm-hmm. So we're downloading our logic, we're downloading our personalities, and then we're still, you know, depending on how we're interfacing with the world, like we're still gathering more um, information. And it's being processed through our personalities, our logic, how we think, mm-hmm. you know, our values. And um, it's housed there. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you would download your brain to a computer. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it, man. <laughs> like, I'm still I'm still thinking about I came with this topic without an answer. Okay. Like, you know, because it that starts to transcend. Oh, there you go. No pun intended from the movie with Johnny Depp called Transcendence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's almost about the same. It's about the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you get into that, you start to transcend being a human anymore. Because would you be considered a human after that? I don't know. You're scaring <laughs> me. You're, you're making me afraid here. <laughs> I'm afraid. So I don't know. Like, you know, I think it would be cool to, like, have a catalog. Think about that. You have a catalog. At some point, that becomes so regular that you have a catalog of most of the people in your family or, like, a large people, large uh, family body from you starting on, going on. So, like, say a thousand years from now, there's a catalog of all the knowledge and experience that people in your family had, had accumulated. And the same with everybody else in the world. Like, say you could put you know Stephen Hawking's brain on a computer and mm-hmm. now he c- and now he can help solve problems 10 15,000 years into the future. Mm. You take we instead of like if we had that technology back then instead of Einstein dying, he lived on and he was able to help solve some of the greatest problems that we ever, you know, that that, that we have now. That's deep. Yeah, man. That's that's real deep. That's why I want to talk about it cuz it it has that it has that health bent because it's almost like your 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 mind's living on, like your body's not, but your mind's living on. Would you do that? You think you'd want that? I don't know because I mean, wouldn't you want? That's tough. I don't even. Wouldn't you want a new perspective? You know, even though let's say that that technology and that capability was there when Einstein and mm-hmm. all these people were alive, these great philosophers and chemists and you know mm-hmm. great thinkers. Mm-hmm. You know, from what you're telling me now, their mind is going to constantly evolve. Mm-hmm. It would be an up-to-date 2015 Einstein mind. Yep. And so these great thinkers and these great, you know, scientists, you know, that, I don't know. <laughs> but that also goes back to, um, and I, I did forget to include this um, quote from Charles Darwin mm-hmm. when I was talking about the article. Mm-hmm. And his quote was, man tries to exaggerate what nature has given him. And I think that's apropos for this particular discussion. I mean, yeah. if we're always trying to, I guess, you know, exaggerate. And again, I'll say it again. Man tries to exaggerate what nature has given him. We think we're special. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if we're trying to duplicate. I mean, I don't know. Are we trying to play God, so to speak? You know, is there, mm-hmm. you know, are we, we have this God complex that we, we want to be able to create life and do all these things because no matter how smart you are and how much science and how much knowledge, whether you're Einstein or Stephen Hawkins, at some point you're going to come to the end of the road. You're not going to be able to say or explain something. Mm. Mm. And then if you're, you know, if you're not a religious person or you don't believe in or you don't have faith and you're going to come and say that, you know, 
you're not going to be able to explain some things if you trace everything all the way back to its original mm-hmm. state, right? Mm-hmm. So even though you, we may have access to all these great minds, you know, in 2015, the, mm-hmm. the Einsteins, you know, what is, how is that helping? Is that, you know, mm. you know what I mean? That's how I'm thinking about this particular That's That's topic. actually a good point, something I didn't think about, because we probably do the, we've, we've done something similar throughout throughout time, I think. Like, and not even back to the days where, you know, people were writing on, people were writing down human history and lessons that, that other people have learned on cave walls, you know. Like, even back then, we've always, that's, I think that's the thing that has made us, one of the key things that's made us different from a lot of other species is that we pass on the knowledge that, we, from, that we've learned from the past onto the new generation so they don't start from square one again. Mm-hmm. Like when, you know, almost every other creature in the entire world is born they start from square one again like right. they don't they kind of pass on the basics of how you how you survive mm-hmm. you know from from parent to child especially mammals like they pass on how you hunt and things like that how you get food how you climb from the tree and get this stuff but outside of that they don't pass on yo let's not go down there because that human down there had a gun and he killed like my dad so right. we're not going down there let's right. get us some weapons to take out this human this next right. time they don't do that right. you know they don't pass that on so right. like when the new generation of elephants or whatever comes through they're going to make the same mistake we're going to walk down the valley and get shot mm-hmm. or you know, the humans are hunting down there they want our tusks exactly so um, yeah it's that's that's deep thinking but then you put the the human spin on it yes mm-hmm. we've been able to live longer and you know basically dominate the the animal kingdom mm-hmm. so to speak um but then again we, we're having all these different difficulties with with things that go along with that you know yeah with you know for us you and me for for obesity i mean you really probably didn't see that back and when it was just hunt mm-hmm. and there was no refrigeration mm-hmm. you know you can only eat what you can eat and you know the rest of it went to waste you know there was more you know, a communal type of uh, environment yeah. um it goes back to what we were talking about today what's what's an attractive body i'm i'm looking for the woman that can have the kids and be healthy the woman is looking for the man that can be a protector Whoa. and provider that just what you just said just sparked another thing what does that do to the time you have in your own body like what does that do to your perspective your outlook your goals when you know that you know when it comes time i can just download my consciousness to a robot we're into a computer and I ain't got to worry about dying, like truly dying, you know? So what do you do when you're living? You know, how does that change your outlook? Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking about it now. Like if I knew that when I got to, you know, the end of, of my body's, my human body's life, I could just upload into a robot body or into a computer without a body, you know, and pass on my knowledge and, and still be me, still make the jokes, still do all that stuff, still live, still mm-hmm. see the things in the future. Like how would I live my life now? I don't know. Like I might I guess I would still want to keep a nice quality of living now, but I I don't think I I don't think I'd live my life like I do now when I know that there's going to be a there's a there's an end to it. So I try to do as much as I can every day. Like I might be a little bit more lax. Right. <laughs> I might be like, uh, well, you know, I'll take care of that one, you know, when I'm in a computer brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about right. that till till then, you know. I might be a little bit more lax. I might I might put off a lot of reading and stuff I do. Right. It's just like, you know, I'll just do it when I right. you know, that, when I'm when I'm done. That's an interesting topic because you mean to tell me that 
you can have all of your family ancestors still around today, but mm -hmm. in a computer form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so then that goes back to the, the thing where you're trying to live forever. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your spirit's going to live forever here in a, not a physical body, but a mm -hmm. computerized body. Mm -hmm. Although the brain is still going to be within that body. Mm -hmm. um, boy, I'd still be getting spankings by Matt Howard. I'll tell you that, <laughs> 46 years old, I'd still be getting spankings, man. From a, I'd be getting computer spankings. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I done told you when you was... <laughs> So I don't, I don't know, and a, a computer spanking might be bad. Remember what I, Seth and I actually, this was a good segue, we were talking about Demolition Man before mm -hmm. we came on air. And just, you know, that was out in 93 and how you know far advanced that they were thinking with a, a society that didn't have any crime. There was, you know, and how they dealt with, you know, this crime figure that had come back. So mm -hmm. all these things and, and computers, it's, it's very interesting where, where we're headed as a society. You're going to see a lot more, you know, probably than I will see, you know, in the next 45, 50 years. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very interesting. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there is one. I think, there's, I think there's a right answer for just a right. An I think the answer is right whether you choose yes or no for everybody. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, you just choose. You say, for me, nah. You know, I just want to keep on rolling. And when it ends, it ends, you know? But um, yeah, looking at that demolition, man, everyone had a computer chip underneath mm -hmm. their skin. You mm -hmm. couldn't drive, you couldn't buy, you couldn't do anything without this, mm -hmm. you know, just thing that was, you can actually see it through your skin. Yeah. So you mean to tell me 20, 25 years from now that everybody's gonna have to succumb or get implanted by this device and mm -hmm. there was no more money yeah you were just worth credits you remember when they were cursing the credits yeah. would come out you know that i would have no money because i've always for some odd reason i'd like the curse i mm -hmm. I, I try to get better but every now and again i'll i'll, yeah. I'll let one slip but yeah. anyway they were cursing and then you know uh, the machine would come out and they would get fined a certain amount of money for cursing. There was mm -hmm. no more touching, mm -hmm. you know, even sexual intercourse the way that we know it today in 2015 was totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no bodily contact. They were actually having virtual you sex. You brought up another thing too. Like, so if you put your consciousness into a computer, like would you still want the same things you wanted as a human? Right. I don't know. Because now you're taking, you're taking the human yep. aspect out of it. Yep. And I still want to eat stuff. Right. Like, would I still be like, man, I'm hungry? Or right. it be like a fan, like, like when, like they talk about the phantom limb. Mm -hmm. like, I, like when someone loses an arm or a leg and they still think it's there. Like, right. would I still think my stomach is there? I'm like, man, it's growling. I need something to eat. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, a wide topic. And you're right. Thanks for correcting me. There is no right answer. Mm -hmm. I, d I think that's individual. Mm -hmm. I know for my, my personal answer would be, I would, I want to keep as much, you know, my human nature as possible and take mm -hmm. it out of the computer's hands. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's scary to see that, you know, I mean, you couldn't even, in that movie, you couldn't even drive a car. Yeah. The car, everything was, you know, loaded into this chip. I mean, mm -hmm. there was no more thieving. There were no car thing. There were no weapons, no mm -hmm. guns, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you get to a society like that. Um, that might be the first step, though. People downloading their consciousnesses, their, their consciousness into a, into right. a computer. And live in artificial lives. I don't know. I hope that's about 150 years from now. So I know I won't be here physically. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. You say that they say I heard this on a on a on another podcast too. Was that 
physicians and medical researchers and scientists are saying that the first person to live to 150 years old with the advancement in medical technology and how it's going to advance through the years, the first person to live to 150 years old has already been born. They've already been born. So that means that they'll be able to keep whoever this person is alive long enough or healthy enough, you know. Um, to be 150 to years old. To be 150 old. They said the first person, the first human to live to 150 years old has already been born. This was where? Who, who said this? Um, I forget the name of the show. I forget the name of the show. He was quoting an article. I might look that up and bring that and, and put that in the show notes too. And okay. I think I'll do that because I, I definitely want to read into that. But yeah, that's what he was saying, and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, like, you could be right on that. Yeah. You know, with the way that you know they're making fake organs stuff like that. That means if it were me, I'd live another hundred and four years. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I I don't know. You hey, who knows? But that's the thing too. Like, say that you did that. Say that you put your brain in consciousness. Like it it you're not you're not gonna be the only one. So like, your buddies might do it. So y'all just hook up to the internet or whatever, and y'all just chill, you know, virtually or whatever for like eternity. Yeah, or as long as computers I, last. I know that's. I don't know because everybody you know, would probably be gone. They might, or they could. Or they could be. It's their choice. They could be uploaded to a computer, or they could have chose to say, nah, you know what, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I guess it has to be quality of life. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to just exist. Uh, that's a good point. I don't want to just be here and just on a whatever, mm-hmm. have supplemental oxygen. I can't get mm-hmm. up. I'm just a, a figurehead. Oh, there's, there's granddad. There's great, 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 great granddaddy. <laughs> Chris over there. Yeah. He's just. You know, over in the corner, you know, he's hey, chilling on, he's on his chilling. computer screen. Right. <laughs> yeah. He don't even know how to work it anymore. These, <laughs> you know, he's used to those. You know what? They used to have iPads and his touchscreen stuff. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even know how to work it through the iris of his eye. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know how to type. Yeah. He doesn't know how to think to type. Mm. Forget talk to type, you know, mm-hmm. with these newer phones. He doesn't know how to think to type anymore. Or his glasses, you know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to do the internet. He's he's used to. They used to use these big bulky things called iPads back in 2015, and he's stuck in 2015 with that knowledge base. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Come, mm-hmm. Look at some of the stuff that we do now. I mean, with some of the clients that I deal with, and you know, you sit in for me sometimes with my older adult classes. Mm-hmm. This technology is is a lot for them to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother-in-law, you know, she has an iPad and we try to That's communicate with her that way. And it's tough for her. She doesn't, you know, I'm talking to her over the phone and trying to walk her through certain things to to see pictures that we've sent through email. And she she's going to be 80 this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's having a tough time when the screen automatically pops up and you can start typing. Yeah. Then how to make the screen yeah. disappear. So now, you know, put yourself in that category 45 50 years from now and the technology advances that will have happened you know and and, you know inevitably in those 40 years Mm -hmm. you know you can be left behind you know Mm. paying your bills online you know you know people don't do that now everything's going to be computerized it's it's scary being left behind for an eternity yeah i don't like i said i don't want to be a drag on you know my great 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 granddaughter or son Mm -hmm. or, or whatever i mean you open up some good topics there. There's some good <laughs> topics, good discussion topics. It's, it's always stuff to it's always stuff to think about. Yeah, you know, like because and the reason why I brought it up was with the way um with the 
just like I said from that from the show, like with the way you know uh, uh, medications and and medical procedures are going, and the the med and the foods, and uh, the different uh, you know different procedures you can go through to keep yourself you know healthy and keep yourself alive, and then you throw on top of possibly being able to put your compu- your brain in a computer, like mm. you know this stuff it might not be far off. Like people no. listening to the show might you know they might see it. They might have to make that choice. Who knows? Who knows? Right. So I like to I like to bring a type of stuff through, and then yeah. that's definitely going to work us out of a job because <laughs> if you don't have a physical body anymore, <laughs> you're just computerized body. It's just still an aluminum and whatever technology, and then mm-hmm. you don't have to exercise anymore. And then mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Mm. I just thought of one quick thing, and then we can get out of here. But say you are that guy who was in the bed, he couldn't do anything anymore, and you had an option: pull the plug or download your bot your brain into a computer. What would you do? Is my brain still 100% capacity? I'm just in the bed? Yeah, you just you just can't move. You just, you know, you got to be waited on hand and foot. They got to gotta wash you. They got to do all that stuff. I guess my initial response would be yes, because mm-hmm. no matter what you do, our natural instinct is to survive. Mm, that's a good point. Your natural instinct is to, to survive. So if you tell me you have this technology and now my daughter's getting ready to have a son and now, mm. you know, I'm getting ready to die and I want to be able to, mm. you know, impart some knowledge, you mm-hmm. know, on this youngster. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, download my brain to a computer. I might do the same thing. I mean, that's, do my, the same thing. that's my initial response. That's a good point. That's a good way to end it too, man, is that our initial response is always to survive as yeah. humans. It's always, always to survive. survive. I like that, man. That's right. I like that a whole lot. Let's bring this up then, man. Well, then do it. I think we can end it there. I think we can end it there because that was, that was nice. Human human nature is always to survive. Always to survive. I might might put that on my on my on the back of my computer screen and just and, and tag it Chris Howard. All human right. nature is <laughs> human <laughs> nature is always to survive. Uh, I like that. Well, you know, thanks for tuning in again to this episode of Healthology. We're hoping that you're digging the north the new format. We're we're loving it. I'm loving it. The research the. The, the article reviews. Um, and again, please hit us up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the SoundCloud, or, or childfitness.com forward slash healthology. Yep, you can find us on our Facebook page, See How Our Fitness, or hit us up on Twitter at Child Fitness. And just like always, if you want to contact the show, if you got a question, if you got an opinion about putting your body into a computer, yeah. you can give us a call at our new Google Voice number. Just leave us a voicemail at 412. 412- Four zero seven seven one two seven, or send us an email at chowfit at gmail.com and chowfit is c-h-o-w-f-i-t mm-hmm. chowfit at gmail and what's my phrase again <laughs> human nature <laughs> is always to survive is always to survive so help us help this show survive by, yeah. by contacting us letting us know what you think about it there you go there it is and you can also you can also give thanks to the people who provided us with the music, man. We got Lady Impreza, which is our theme music. And you can it's all like always I wanna make sure that we thank uh Frank Flicks. Frank Flicks, there you go. There See you that's go. what happens when you don't look at the notes, think you can do it all by yourself. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> thank Frank Licks on SoundCloud, we'll have a link to the show. Uh, to his webpage in the show notes. Also thanking T V Productions for the song you're listening to right now, which is called Here. 
And I think that's it, man. And that's here, H-E-R-E. Mm-hmm. Frank Licks TV. I told mm-hmm. you, episode what, 355, I'm going to hit the rhyme? Yep, you're going to hit the rhyme. You're going to bust the rhyme out for us, a freestyle. I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm going to have to download this brain into this computer so we can make it work. Yeah, a lot of time to work on it, man. It better be good. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right with that, man, we're out. We're out. <laughs>